This is Bishop Michael Curry, and you're listening to The Way of Love. In this episode, I'm thrilled to be joined by my fellow Tar Heel and brother in ministry, the Reverend Jay Seidbotham. Jay is an artist, an Episcopal priest, and the founder of Renewal Works and co-creator of My Way of Love, a personal guide for your spiritual journey. I had always felt that the thing that made, that animated my own priesthood, my own work in parishes was the privilege of watching people grow spiritually. I had always sort of confused that with church activity. If you do more stuff in church, you'll grow spiritually. That's not true, actually, we're finding. What we came to understand with spiritual growth is really about growing in love of God and love of neighbor. It's a matter of the heart. And how do we help people get a sense of where that's happening and what's getting in the way of that? And how can people grow spiritually? My Way of Love is a free resource that offers coaching and tips that can help folk grow by following the seven practices for a Jesus-centered life. Turn, learn, pray, worship, bless, go, and rest. Practices that help all of us, me included, grow deeper in the love of God, neighbor, and ourselves. Hello and welcome again to Way of Love, our podcast about the way of love and living it and actually making a difference in this world, following in the footsteps of Jesus of Nazareth. And I am so happy to have my friend and uh, fellow Tar Heel here in the great state of North Carolina. I'm in Raleigh and he's in Wilmington, the Reverend Jay Sidebotham. Jay, it's great to have you with us and thank you for this. Thank you, Bishop Curry. It's an honor to be with you, an honor to be invited into this conversation. And I just am so thrilled with the launch of My Way of Love, which is a new ministry um, coming out of your office, which is really offers uh, some clear next steps for people in their own spiritual journey. My Way of Love grows out of some work we've done with Renewal Works. I I serve as director of Renewal Works, which is a ministry of forward movement, which is really just all about discipleship. Um, Scott Gunn, who runs who runs Forward Movement, says we're not a pamphlet business; we're a discipleship business. And I think that the, my way of love sort of grows uh, out of that, and 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 provides a way for um, people to get a sense of where they are in the spiritual journey. It begins with an inventory that they take, which talks about their own beliefs and practices and the ways they serve in the world, and then offers over the course of eight eight weeks, um, a series of emails that are tied to the seven verbs of your way of love, which are awesome. And uh, just, I, I think they're really um, just addressing a deep need in the Episcopal Church, which is for people have have a desire to grow spiritually, but they're not exactly sure how to do that and what that looks like. And so I'm so grateful, uh, Bishop, for your articulation of the, of the way of, of love in those seven verbs. And this is a very kind of hands-on practical way to to try that out, see what that looks like in real life. So I'm excited about it. Thank you for making it happen. Well, I you've done it. And I got to tell you, I went and took the inventory myself. What'd you think? It, it's incredible. It really is incredible because you do the spiritual inventory and then I get an email every week. Right. Um, and what I love about it, it has kind of a little, because of a meditation. A meditation, but it's a very practical meditation, right? Uh, that that kind of connect our faith and the practice of it, and and then it leads it, you know, got a prayer and some suggestions and ideas on that's actually tailored 
to how I answered in the spiritual inventory. It is, it's really cool. I mean, it's better than the computer stuff where you get an inventory and then you get an email every week. This is much better. <laughs> well, I, you know, we had, we've been doing it for a couple of years uh, under the title of, of Renewal Works for Me, which um, grew out of just requests that we got for people to have, you know, a sense of where they were individually in their spiritual life. I, I, I sometimes referred to the work as a spiritual Fitbit. It was, you know, just a, a way of uh-huh. of sort of exercising spiritually and having some sense. But but again, tie tying that to your seven verbs, um, you know, worship, pray, learn, study, go, bless, rest. Um, just I think provides a coherence and 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 a real map for people. Mm-hmm who are just eager. I mean, there is just, and it's, and it's COVID intensified. I think there's just an eagerness to go deeper in the spiritual life. I don't know. I don't know if you, I I, I bet you see that all over the place, but it's just, it's just deep. It's just deep. I've not seen it in this way before. I've got to tell you, I've not seen it in this way. And so I'm working, I'm on week five. um, And so I take each one and the suggestions and ideas and kind of tailor them to me for the, for the next week. Um, yeah, it's, it's what, well, let me ask you this, cause you all have done something, um, in renewal work, which there's, there's actual, um, research. I don't, I mean, I don't mean research to scare anybody off, but <laughs> you've actually delved into the spiritual life of Episcopalians. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. where, where we're, we're strong and where we have some growth edges. Tell us a little bit about that work with renewal works, which is behind my way of love. Yeah, well, um, yeah, Renewal Works, we've been in um, doing this for about eight years, and we've worked with about 300 congregations, so we aggregate that data. Uh, Renewal Works process, you know, asks a congregation to take an online inventory. It's longer than the inventory for My Way of Love, um, more extensive. Uh, it's anonymous so that you get the aggregate for the congregation. But this is what kind of prompted people to want to do my way of love because people would answer these questions, but they didn't really get a readout of where they were individually. But what Renewal Works does is sort of take a picture, a snapshot of of the congregation, and then we aggregate that for the whole Episcopal Church to to sort of get a sense of where we are. We are seeing a distinctive culture, and um, you'll have to shut me up because I can talk about this for hours, Bishop. But um, before you go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody, I want to make sure everybody knows we're talking about spirituality. Yeah. Yeah, we're actually talking about a snapshot of the spiritual life. Yeah. That's it. Yes. And particularly, um, you know, why I got into this was I, you know, I just, uh, you know, I had always felt that the thing that made, that animated my own priesthood, my own work in parishes was the privilege of watching people grow spiritually. And, um, I had always sort of confused that with church activity. If you do more stuff in church, you'll grow spiritually. That's not true, actually, mm-hmm. we're finding. <laughs> Sometimes we just burn people yeah, out, it's not. Um, <laughs> make people mad, yes, or make people bored, which is the worst. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes. um, <laughs> the greatest sin of all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it happens way too often. But I appreciate what you've brought to the church, particularly because I think what we came to understand with spiritual growth is really about growing in love of God and love of neighbor. It's a matter of the heart. And how do we help people get a sense of, of where, where that's happening and what's getting in the way of that? 
and how can people grow spiritually? Um, so there's a lot of things we find. Uh, we do out of the out of the RenewWorks research, we identify a spiritual continuum, which is a linear model of spiritual growth. It's not the only model, but it's a model of spiritual growth, and it identifies people sort of falling in categories, not unlike when they take my way of love, you'll you'll get a snapshot of your spiritual profile. So people are exploring or growing or deepening or centered. About three quarters of Episcopalians are in exploring or growing stages of the journey. They have some, uh, they have, how shall we say this? They have growth opportunity. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm so interested. I find so many people who the idea that they're on a spiritual journey or that spiritual growth is a high value, that's news to them. That's something they hadn't heard before. Uh-huh. Sure. And they want to know how to do that, which is, again, why I love my way of love because it's such a practical way to do that. But um, we have so many people in the Episcopal Church who are in those early stages of spiritual growth. doesn't mean a lot of them have been in the church for decades. A lot of them have been sitting in the pew for decades, but they haven't really kind of wrapped their minds around that knowledge that that idea that what this is about is growing in love of God and love of neighbor and 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 consequently changing the mm-hmm. world. What else about Episcopalians? About half of them or more than that come up with a profile of being kind of troubled or restless or hungry for more spiritual growth and looking for the church leaders to help them with that. And a lot of times that's not happening. Mm-hmm. So so that's a big segment of our mm-hmm. churches. We we call it trouble that trouble doesn't quite capture. It's not about conflict so much. It's about just restless. You know, that thing Augustine said, my heart's restless until I find my rest in you, O Lord. And, and, and that's a big crowd. Um, another big chunk, about a quarter of, of Episcopalians we find are in a, in a archetype that we call, or a pattern we call extroverted, mm. which means that they are deeply committed to what we call mission and outreach. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But they're not entirely clear why that's a Jesus thing, you know. Um, so we direct them to Matthew 25, um, you know, and talk about that. Mm-hmm. Then the third category and about a quarter of the folks are what we call <laughs> complacent, which is like, um, don't bother me. I'm good. You know, I don't I don't need to hear about spiritual growth. I don't really expect very much out of church. I don't know why you're talking about all this. Just let me just leave me alone. And uh, we had one church that Get up there. go, go, go. <laughs> go ahead. Jay. No, go ahead. Jay. You made me laugh. Well, one church came up with this profile and the rector called me up. He was a buddy and he called me up and he said, I got my profile. It says we're complacent. Uh, I said, so we're changing the tagline of our church. You know, St. Swithin's Church, we're spiritually shallow and fine with that. You know, so, um, so that was, you know, I, I, I don't I don't think he changed his stationery to reflect that. But but the idea was, you know, just we have a lot of people who you know, been in church forever and aren't particularly interested in, in, in having mm. that transformative experience, which is, that's the one for leaders, uh, you know, and we find the heart mm-hmm. of the leader is just key in all of this, um, that they are working on their own spiritual growth mm. and their own discipleship. Um, but that's a tough, that's yeah. a tough one for leaders to, um, to address that, that mm. complacency. Mm-hmm. So, um, but deep spiritual hunger uh, from a lot of folks, 
a sense that people would like to be more challenged in that same group in their spiritual life. Uh-huh. I have a good buddy, Doit Khan, who's rector of a church out in Seattle. I don't know if you know him, but he's he's just awesome. But he says, my uh-huh. church is a gym. My uh-huh. church is a spiritual gym. Huh. And I, I want to bring people and I want to get them strong. I want to get them stronger and I want to help them work out. Yeah. And I want to, yeah. I want to, I want to be a coach. I want to tell them that was great. Or I want to smack them upside the head sometimes, you know, <laughs> but that idea, yeah. I just think that's a, that's, that, that's a helpful metaphor for clergy leadership these days is coach, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're, what we're learning. Um, a lot of small churches, as you you well know, um, mm-hmm. uh, many of our congregations are tiny, which again um, is a great value of this my way of love thing. Um, it's offered at our favorite price, free, and it can really help yeah. a small congregation uh, wrap their minds around these issues of spiritual growth, which I just think are the central issues that the church needs to be dealing mm-hmm. with in days ahead. We are finding in COVID, I mean, it's interesting, our work has changed a lot in COVID, like everybody's. We are finding that people uh, are diving more deeply into spiritual practices, many of which are found in the prayer book, and they didn't really know they were there. Um, I just hear all over the place, the daily office on Zoom is just uh, ballooning, blossoming, and probably here to stay, um, which is awesome. Yeah. You know, I just think that's yeah. cool. And yep. uh, people who never went, you know, never mm-hmm. participated in daily office because they didn't want to get up and get dressed up and drive downtown or whatever um, can, you know, put on their jammies and make a cup of coffee and say morning prayer. It's just awesome. Yes. Yes. <laughs> How would you describe your stage of spiritual growth? Are there some spiritual muscles that need strengthening? How might you begin to lovingly stretch those muscles with greater intention? Let me ask you, tell us your story that led you to this work. You've been a priest a long time. You've been around the barn. I have. I have. I've been a priest 30 years and I have worked in um, wonderful places, uh, New York and Washington and North Carolina. And then I was in Chicago um, and I was in Chicago at a, at a wonderful church called Church of the Holy Spirit in Lake Forest. And I'd been there about seven years. And I, 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 you know, as I say, I think the thing that animated my ministry um amidst all the um, nonsense you put up with when you're a parish priest uh-huh. um, yeah. <laughs> was the privilege. It was the privilege of watching people take steps in their spiritual journey, whether they're just brand new to the church or whether they've been at it for decades. And I, I felt like I was really good at designing programs and getting church activity and getting people on committees and stuff, but I wasn't um, convinced in my own ministry um, that we were really helping people go deeper in their life with God. I just felt like we were missing something, yeah. and I began to cast about. I actually found this resource from uh, a big non-denominational church in, in the Chicago area, and they had done a lot of this research, which gave us a springboard for this. 
And the first piece of it was that they're in their research with thousands of Christians of all sorts was that engagement with scripture would mm-hmm. change people and would change the church. And uh, so I took that huh. bit of research to heart and we did <laughs> we did a program. We read the Bible in a year from September to May and everybody got charged up about it. And I preached uh-huh. about it ad nauseum. I mean, I just was a nut. I used to be in advertising. So I just hammered home the message, you know, just we are going to read the Bible in a year and everybody's uh-huh. going to do it and you're going to have fun and all this stuff is going to be awesome. There are going to be parts you like and parts you hate. So we had this big push and I went out to get the morning paper in our little town, the little town paper. And the headline was Episcopalians read the Bible. You know, it was just like, this was a news item. <laughs> that was the headline. That, <laughs> that was the headline. That was the news this item. Is news. <laughs> this, is, this is news. And I always think of the thing you say, I always think about the thing you say about Billy Sunday. What did he say? He came across the prayer book or the Bible or something in a pew. Oh yeah. What did he yeah. say? And he said, heaven help the devil if the Episcopal Church ever wakes up. He actually said it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Reading the prayer book, he said, oh, my Lord, heaven help the devil if the Episcopal Church ever wakes up and actually pays attention to what's in this book. <laughs> and and so much of, you know, and what was, <laughs> what was so funny was as people started to read the Bible, they go, well, you know, the Bible stole this from the prayer book, you know, um, you know, as opposed yeah. <laughs> to recognize, right? Right. They're, as opposed to recognizing yeah. that actually Cranmer right. swiped, swiped the whole thing from Scripture. So, um, yes. you know, it, it's, it, it was just and that really changed our congregation, actually. Um, I mean, we had a lot of tough conversations about uh-huh. the tough things uh-huh. that are in the Bible. Um, but it it just yeah. it just elevated um, the spiritual focus. Um, and got people talking about it. I, you know, I had, I, when I started Renewal Works, I, I, I was working with the church, um, in, in, in the diocese and the rector said, well, I like, I like this idea of doing this work, but I don't really like your name Renewal Works, um, for a variety of reasons. They had had a difficult time with the renewal movement or something. I don't know. Oh, I said, yeah. fine, name it something else. Just come up with your own yeah. name. Yeah. And, uh, she came back to me and she said, we're going to call, we're going to call it the great conversation. Um, because I think part of mm. what we tr- try to do in this work is just get people to talk about God in their life. And um, what's yeah. stunning to me, even the most frozen, chosen, reticent Episcopalian, if you get them in the right setting, they have a story. Oh, and yes. I mean, I have not met anybody who does not have a story of God in their life. And uh, yes. Uh, you know, I love what Trisha Lyons is doing with evangelism and, and stuff. Um, but she's yeah. just awesome at getting people to, you know, just unpack their story and not yeah. not let me tell you mine, but let me hear mm-hmm. yours, you know, which is just so critical. I yes. think in, in this piece about evangelism. Um, so anyway, so a, a big part of the work in the inventory and in. Um, the workshops that follow is just to get people talking about that very thing. What does it mean uh-huh. to grow spiritually? What does it mean to grow in love of God and love of neighbor? Um, how, how do we do that? What's, what's getting in the way of doing that? Um, all of the above. So, mm-hmm. And my way of love is a very practical tool that can help us all do that and really grow for real. 
Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's um, as as you say, it's just a practical guide and, you know, emails each week that give you something to work on. Yeah. We have found that some churches, particularly some small churches, have have done this work and then gotten together now that everybody's Zoom friendly, gotten together yeah. and just said, well, tell me about your week. Yeah. And, you know, and that's that's been a great uh, resource for some small churches, particularly as people are isolated. And it doesn't need to be a formal program. It doesn't need to be mm-hmm. any clergy don't need to prepare anything. It's just you can just, you know, say, let's talk at Thursday night for an hour about what you're doing and what you're learning and what's hard and what's exciting and all that stuff. So where well, you have multiple loves um, and 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 one of your loves is published every year on a calendar um, uh, with some rather remarkable cartoons. Tell us about those, about that and then where that came from in the life of Jay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I do. Um, I do a fair amount of artwork. It's so interesting. When I went to seminary some 30 plus years ago, I had to like say, uh, so I'd been working as an illustrator in New York and, and an animator. I worked for some called Schoolhouse Rock for a while and, and did illustration work. And, you know, part of the deal of going to seminary was like, okay, okay, Jesus, I'm, I'm going to give up the artwork to, you know, to, you know, be the consummate preacher or something. So I just have to say goodbye to, to doing uh-huh. the artwork. And, and, you know, after a while, lo and behold, I found that actually it's a good resource in the church. Yeah. And I began um, a, to do a lot of drawing, particularly with young people, children and stuff. But I found that the, um, the parents wanted to watch too. And, uh, and then, and then 20 years ago, a church pension group invited me to do a calendar for each month with, with stuff about the life of the church. Uh-huh. And, uh, so I said, sure, I'll do that. You know, that's sort of a fun challenge and Lord knows the church provides plenty of material. Yes, you there is. Make anything up. You just have to keep <laughs> right. your eyes open. Lots of material. I'm sure you could send me some cartoon ideas. Saturday Night Live hasn't got anything on us. Uh, uh, exactly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> you, you just keep your big eyes open and your mouth shut. Um, but I, it was interesting because I, you know, I've been a parish priest long enough. Um, I said, you know, I'll, I, I would love to do this. I have this one request. Every year we do a cartoon because they're all about church life. I said, I want to do one about the parish secretary or parish administrator or whatever the title might be in your church. And I want to do one about the sexton. And I said, I just want to sing their praises a little bit because I just think they are in a job of a thousand bosses and probably take a lot of heat, (laughs) take a lot of heat. And, um, Mm -hmm. and I just think we need to sing their praises. So Every every year, I think there's something about um, singing the praises of sextons and singing the praises of parish administrators or secretaries or however that job is described. So that's been fun. So, yeah, so I've been doing it for 20 years. And it's just, as I say, it's um, it's a good outlet for for me. I like to draw a lot. I, you know, I do a variety of kind of pieces mm. of artwork. Uh, my dad was um, a, an an artist and an art director, a creative director. In uh, he was a madman um, uh, in, uh, oh, in, uh-huh. in the sixties, uh-huh. and then and then his father was an illustrator, and then in in New York in the twenties and thirties. So it was just always something that we wow. sort of did as a family family thing. Actually, I want to ask you, which is a dumb question from somebody who's not particularly creative. How do you do that? 
What do you mean? It's remark. I mean, your calendars are incredible. They're, they're hilarious. They're poignant. I mean, they actually, I mean, it's just, I mean, there's enormous, you got to be creative tw- at least 12 times because they're 12 months. So, you know, at least 12 times. I mean, how do you create? You preach, you draw. I, I do. I, I do preach some. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and draw it's, um, I don't know how, how it's done. Um, I do, um, whenever I speak at a thing, I always say, you know, if you're bored with what I'm saying or whatever, think of some cartoon ideas and send them to me. Uh-huh. So I do get some <laughs> ideas from, from do you really? Huh. one of my favorite ones. Can I tell you one of my favorite? Yeah. Can I tell you one of my favorite ones? It came from a friend who's the rector in Tennessee and, and he, um, he said he was standing at the altar. This is kind of churchy. I maybe I don't know. He was standing at the altar, and you know how the the acolyte comes with water to wash your hands before the before the Eucharist. Yeah. So you you know the priest gets his hands clean with this water and uh, napkin and all this stuff. And the kid comes up and and instead of you know it's in a silver crude. Instead of the um, the water, he pours the wine over the over the priest's hands. Right. Uh-huh. Um, Gosh, instead yeah. of the water, because he's yeah. supposed to wash hands, but he picked the wrong thing up, and and he looks up, he looks up at the priest, and he says, "I swear, Padre, it was water when I started out." Oh, you know, so, um, <laughs> but he just, you know, yes. But that was a real. I mean, that was a real thing. That yeah. was a real thing that happened. It wasn't like made up, you know. So you just, you just, you just illustrate that. It's a matter. It's a matter of keeping, keeping your eyes eyes open um and you know um one of my favorite quotes is gk chesterton who said angels can fly because they take themselves lightly Mm. um i i do think and it's the thing i appreciate about your ministry and your preaching is that there's there's a joy and a lightness that again um the episcopal church has not always uh excelled in in joy and lightness of being Um, yeah so so sometimes sometimes it's good it just helps yes it does the more more we can more we can tap into that um the more people come to see what jesus was about i think yeah i don't know i think you're i think you're right well jay You've got all these folk and, um, I mean, Episcopalians and other Christians and other people of faith and goodwill listening to this. And I'm just wondering, what would you say? Picture them in your mind. And what would you say or what would you draw? What's the cartoon? You, Whatever it is, what would you leave with us? Oh, wow. Um, that's a good that's a good question. You know, a draw, I, I, a drawing I keep coming back to is that sort of drawing of a, of, of a, a road or a pathway going from here to there. Huh. So what is the here for you in your own spiritual life? Where are you in this moment? Uh, can you take a sort of a, a rigorous look in the, in the spiritual mirror and see where you are? And then what is the there? What is the billboard off in the distance that you can see that is something that you aspire to for your own spiritual life? What way do you want to grow? What way do you want to, what, how do you, how do you want the disposition of your heart to be? 
in the future? What and and mm-hmm. and and what steps? And this is again coming back to my way of love. What specific steps might you take on that on that roadway? It's not yeah. a particularly funny cartoon, I you know, but um, but it's I think that idea. Everybody on this pathway, whatever it is, um, is one that matters to God. So yeah. it damn well better matter to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Yes. So wow. Anyway, Jay, thank you for that, and thank you for all you're doing for renewal works and my way of love and. We will attach information um, how folk can get my way of love and um, information on renewal works. We'll attach that with this edition of Way of Love. Thank you for being with me, brother. Have a good day. God love you. And God bless. Thanks. You can find out more about my way of love, including the newest companion resource, My Way of Love for Small Groups, which expands on the individual spiritual journey by offering step-by-step guidance, scriptures, prayers, and reflections for nine weekly group gatherings. To find it and more, visit episcopalchurch.org slash mywayoflove, episcopalchurch.org slash mywayoflove. And if you want to go even further, check out Jay's work at Renewal Works and Forward Movement at renewalworks.org. That's renewalworks.org The Way of Love podcast executive producer is Jeremy Tackett Our podcast engineer is Ellie Singer Research and guest relations are managed by Amanda Scofsted and our project manager is Chris Sycamore I'm Michael Curry and I'll see you next time on The Way of Love God love you